Welcome to the new Docs in a Pod presented by WellMed. Over the next half hour, Docs in a Pod will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Audrey Barria and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. And now here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Audrey Barria. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Audrey Barria. Dr. Barria has been part of the WellMed family for six years. She currently is a provider at the WellMed at 9th Avenue North Clinic in St. Petersburg, Florida. Her interest in medicine began at a very young age, and she continued to want to go into medicine, and that led to her going to Ross University School of Medicine in Portsmouth, Dominica, where she earned her medical degree. She completed her residency and an OBGYN fellowship at St. Mary's Hospital in Hoboken, New Jersey. Dr. Barry is board certified in family medicine. She and her husband live in St. Petersburg, Florida. They've been married for 22 years. Teenage daughter is theirs, and they have two super dogs as well. And Dr. Barry, it's great to have you. And we've got a, a guest who you know, and uh, I was kidding you earlier, you're a Robin Eikoff fan. Oh, absolutely. Dr. Eikoff made such an impression on me when I first joined the WellMed family that when I grew up, I wanted to be just like her. Oh, my goodness. Just like Robin. Well, oh, my goodness came from Dr. Robin Eikoff. Robin is a senior medical director for provider education for WellMed Medical Management. She's also a physician at the WellMed Medical Center in San Antonio, Texas, earned her medical degree from Tulane University in New Orleans, completed her family practice residency at St. John Peter Smith Hospital in Fort Worth, Texas, served as a flight surgeon in the U.S. Air Force and at Dias Air Force Base in Abilene, Texas. Dr. Eikhoff is board certified in family medicine and of special note, she was the first co-host of the radio program that grew into Docs in a Pod. We called it WellMed Radio back then, and uh, she was our inaugural hostess with the mostess on WellMed Radio. <laughs> and my guess is, uh, Dr. Eikhoff, if back then we'd been using Zoom, you could have stayed longer because your traveling really knocked you off that show. That is, that's absolutely true. That was the big, the big uh, censure when I had to pass the reins on to uh, the next person to be a host, but uh, I'm really, really happy to be back here. And just a, a quick thing, I actually am no longer at the medical center uh, seeing patients. I don't see patients anymore. I'm strictly uh, in education, but okay. uh, I miss the patient care. And you're now doing full-time education. Full-time education, yeah, in documentation and doing a fair amount of uh, education and workshops on uh, well-being, resilience, and burnout. And still earning 8 million frequent flyer miles a year. Well, I got put on hold for a couple of years, but it's slowly but surely picking up. <laughs> well, talk to me a little bit about the topic that uh, we picked today uh, with you called prov provider burnout. We hear about burnout in a lot of different areas. Do doctors burn out? Oh, my goodness, yes. All clinicians burn out. And I think it's important to recognize that this is not something that is exclusive in the medical field. In fact, the terminology was 
um, coined by someone named Christina Maslow, who or Maslock, and um, she created something called the Maslock Inventory, which is an assessment for burnout. It is something that's used very widely. Burnout became a much higher profile item, I think, in the media and in medical groups and seminars and things like that during the pandemic, uh, because it sort of accelerated things. Um, I think it was really, it's something that we've been dealing with for many, many years. I've certainly been through it a couple of times, but it came to a head for a lot of us during the pandemic, um, really all clinicians. And I would say pretty much all folks who worked in the medical field. And, and the result of burnout is I can't take it anymore. I'm going to go do something else. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of symptoms of burnout. Um, and the probably the hallmark symptom is just an emotional exhaustion that occurs um, where people just, they kind of get to a point where they just don't feel anything. And there becomes a sense of feeling like you don't make a difference or you've lost your sense of purpose. And that's certainly what happened to me. And uh, I have, of course, talked to a lot of other clinicians who have been through the same thing. And that's a pretty accurate description. And when you've lost your purpose um, and you've lost the real feeling like you've made any difference in your professional world, that certainly overflows into your personal life. And the only hope or the only thing that you can think to do is to just exit. And unfortunately, a lot of people think the only solution um, or the only way to deal with it is to leave medicine altogether. And that's a huge loss. I think that's, that's one of the reasons that we saw a lot of people retiring early. They were on the cusp of thinking about, oh, do I want to go part-time or do I want to, you know, stick around for several more years? And then the pandemic hit and we had a mass exodus of providers leaving the medical field. We're going to come back to this in a moment. I want to remind folks who may have just joined us, you're listening to Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Audrey Barria, and we're delighted to have Dr. Robin Eikoff with us. She spends her life now working with, educating, and, and lecturing to doctors and other medical providers all over the country on behalf of WellMed. And, and one of the things I want to come back to, Robin, is uh, you mentioned that you experienced burnout. Talk a little more about that. What happened? Um, so it's interesting, you know, and it, you know, I know we don't have, you know, two hours for me to tell my story. So I'll try to give you the, uh, the abridged version, but, you know, I think I was starting in that direction before the pandemic hit. Um, as you know, I was traveling a great deal, probably gone from home two weeks out of the month. So every other week I was traveling, um, I was on a lot of committees. I was, uh, giving a lot of education. I was working, doing development of education, both for, WellMed and nationally for Optum. So I had a lot of moving parts going on. And then the pandemic hit and nobody really wanted education anymore. And so I needed to be busy doing other things. And I took on more and more projects. And part of my push was uh, I really took a, and I've had a very strong interest in uh, clinician well-being for a lot of years, long before the pandemic. In fact, I speak for the Texas Academy of Family Practice in the San Antonio area uh, two years in a row now on well-being, but I had been fighting uh, or 
pushing for a number of years at the WellMed level to say, hey, I think we need to really look at this. And my perception of that was that it had really fallen on dead ears. I wasn't getting any um, feedback. I wasn't, I mean, I was sending emails up to the top dog and getting not even a thank you for your email. Um, and so I felt, um, I didn't feel valued and I didn't feel heard. And so I became more and more angry and frustrated and, um, and it came out in meetings. I mean, even meetings that had nothing to do with wellness and well-being. And of course that was something that WellMed began to focus on during the pandemic. But, um, I was, um, I was getting to a point where I was so angry and frustrated that it, even I didn't want to be around me. And so I thought nobody wants to be around me. And so I started to isolate, which is something that commonly happens in people who are burned out. And one day I was on the phone with a good friend who works uh, for WellMed and I was just ranting and raving about how nobody listens and don't they understand? And, you know, people are going to quit and they're going to lose everybody. And why aren't they listening? How can, how come they don't see this? And she stopped and she said, okay, I get it, but why is this so personal for you? Why are you taking all of this so incredibly personally? And it wasn't until that moment, um, and I call that my aha moment, and it wasn't until then, and I thought, oh my God, it's me. I'm the one who's burned out, and I'm the one I'm trying to save. And I, didn't see it in myself. So I was the one who was really ranting and raving and pushing so hard. And it wasn't until then that I realized that it was me. And I had even gone so far as to, you know, see what it would take for me to retire or just completely leave medicine altogether. Cause that's the only solution that I could see for myself. And thankfully I had a lot of um, good friends and colleagues who um, helped me they listened and they offered up some other alternatives. And, you know, I tell people now that I'm not out of it. I mean, I still have difficulty at times, but I'm able to recognize it. And I'm able to see that there are things that you can do to try to build up your resilience. And also that, um, connection has become such an important part of my life. And, and as a result, I have developed, a workshop for clinicians and non-clinicians to be able to kind of help foster some of that connection and recognize burnout in themselves. And more importantly, I think in each other, because we're not very good at recognizing it in ourselves. Well, Robin, your willingness to share that story uh, will help a whole lot of folks. I, I hope so. You know, it's interesting. I get, I've, it's been a year and a half since not, yeah, about a year and a half since that moment. And um, I have a journal entry that really reflects what I would consider classic uh, burnout. And I wrote that about three or four weeks before I had that aha moment. And I didn't see that journal entry again for another six months to a year when I was prepping for a presentation. And I tell that story uh, and I share my entry um, with the people who participate in the workshop. And what's interesting is I I almost always get choked up about it because it's still, you know, it's my story, but everybody in the room, I can't tell you how many times after these things, people come up to me and they say, me too. I, I went, I, I'm going through that too. And just knowing that is worth it. It's just worth it to share that. What was your journal entry? Um, so it's, it's, um, 
I don't have it handy because I always like to read it word for word, but it's basically along the lines of I don't really know anything other than I just know I don't feel anything. Um, I don't feel up or down. Um, I just, I don't feel depressed. I just am completely empty. And it's really kind of along those lines. And when I read it after the fact, and I'd already recognized or been, you know, aware of my burnout, I thought, how did I not see that when I wrote it? How did that not register to me? Were you feeling suicidal? No, I I never did um, get to a place where I felt that I wanted to end anything. Um, but I can see how people can get there. If, you know, I have That's other areas of my life. Yeah. That are so meaningful. Um, my fiance and my dear friends. And so those things are um, so present and prominent and I have such connection with them. So it never really came to that, but, um, but I would say I was probably clinically depressed. And I think that, you know, I always describe burnout as sort of a continuum from something called flourishing, which is a state of joy and um, down to burnout, but going past burnout really is where we see um, depression and unfortunately suicide. And I don't know if you know this, but um, the highest uh, rate of successful suicides comes in the uh, from clinicians and physicians in particular. That's why I asked the question. You all know how to do it. I also want to point out, and we'll come back to Dr. Barry in just a moment, words I never thought I'd hear from you and words I love hearing, my fiance. Congratulations, Dr. Eikoff. You're listening to Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Audrey Barria, and our special guest, Dr. Robin Eikoff. Stick with us right here on Docs in a Pod. Hi, it's Drew Pearson from my friends at WellMed. As a Hall of Famer, I love it when a quarterback and receiver have a great connection. You can be part of a great connection too. Connecting WellMed's high-quality healthcare with the highest-rated Medicare Advantage plan helps you focus on staying healthy. Call 210-436-6005 or visit wellmedhealthcare.com slash connect. Drew Pearson is a paid spokesperson. Other plans are accepted. For full enrollment details, visit medicare.gov. What a great story. We're talking about provider burnout in the medical community and elsewhere. Huge numbers of people are simply threatening to leave and are leaving their profession. Burnout at the root of it. Dr. Robin Eikoff is with us. She is a senior medical director for provider education at Wellman Medical Management. Our co-host, Dr. Audrey Barria, is with us. I'm Ron Aaron. So, Audrey, I want to let you right in here. I wanted to say that Robin's story, I had been at one of our learning sessions and had heard Robin's story in the breakout sessions, and it resonated with me because there were things that I had caught myself doing that I felt after the fact were on the path to burnout. And when I had been in Robin's work, um, the breakout sessions, I shared my story with Robin. And I think one of the things that was one of the most poignant and pivotal point for me was having somebody to talk to and share your story and having the other person say, yes, I understand. 
that meant more than spending 10 hours on some therapist's couch because they weren't living the life that we were living. When you live through the pandemic and go to work every day and see these patients and deal with patients of yours that you've had for a while that are dying, not necessarily from COVID, but just it all came to a head and it just, you felt defeated as in there was nothing you could do to save these people. And that is the whole reason that you were doing what you were doing. You'd lost your why. And on top of that, Dr. Barr, as you shared with us a few months ago, you also lived through 911 and worked yeah. to help triage those who were injured uh, as a result of that incredible, awful day. That also had to add to the feelings you had. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I, I haven't taken the time to do the in-depth because I think part of me is kind of worried of what I'm going to find. But um, that day, 9-11 is, I think, to a lot of people, where were you when JFK was shot? And that's my moment, 9-11. So talk to us about what providers uh, and other medical personnel are telling you when you hold these workshops dealing with burnout. Yeah, I mean, everybody's a little bit different, but for the most part, the things that I hear are, you know, I just, I feel, um, I just feel empty or I feel like what I do doesn't make a difference or um, it's not valuable um, to those around me. And even, you know, in our, even during, particularly during COVID, because there was such polarity around it. Um, and, you know, here we've dedicated our lives to trying to help other people make their lives healthier and, and better. And now we're having to, you know, fight just trying to, you know, get folks to understand or take care of themselves. And I think, you know, there were a lot of other things. There are so many things that contribute to burnout, even before the pandemic. I mean, administrative burdens, um, you know, the EMR is never a popular thing because I don't care how good your EMR is. It's still a lot. To what ask. is EMR? I'm sorry, an electronic medical record. So that thing that your clinician types into while they're talking to you, or if they're able to not do it while they're in the room with you. Um, but there's a lot of information that has to go in there. And, you know, none of us particularly went to medical school to be a good administrative folks and, you know, long working hours. And of course that got a lot worse during the, the pandemic. And I think to, you know, echo what um, Audrey said, you know, we lost our why, you know, what's the point of all of this? And, you know, my hope is when I give these workshops is to help give people an avenue to rediscover their why. And um, we all have different coping mechanisms and we all have different abilities to bounce back, which is really what resilience is and trying to build up that muscle of resilience is, is kind of the key because the stressors aren't going to go away. That's just inherent to our profession. Um, and our personalities, because so many clinicians are kind of type A personalities. But the the goal really is to have, you know, healthy coping mechanisms, um, build up some resilience and, um, and really put self-care high up on the priority list. I ask folks to make a priority list before we get going. And um, I would say 98% of the time, they don't put themselves on that priority list. So what would that list look like? 
Well, one would hope, right, that every day somebody would carve out a chunk of time, whether it's five minutes or 15 minutes or an hour, to do something that is something they enjoy, or whether it's making a connection with a friend, whether it's listening to music, whether it's, you know, getting in the bathtub for 30, 40 minutes or whatever to get away from the kids. Um, Maybe it's, you know, going to a park and, you know, enjoying the outdoors, you know, being outside has been shown in multiple studies to be beneficial um, to an individual's well-being. And that's not exclusive to clinicians. Certainly that's all of us. Um, So I think identifying what helps an individual recharge their own batteries, what brings them joy, and um, and then just putting that as a top priority, a, making an appointment on their schedule for something like that. And I really encourage people to do that. Start with once a week. What does once a week look like? It doesn't have to be a massage. It could be something so simple as you know, I'm going to go to a park and, and sit and eat my lunch in a park, or I'm going to... Um, you know, go for a walk after work by myself, or maybe it's with your partner, but, but scheduling your self-care like you would any other appointment. No, I was saying I was trying to do a mental uh, priority list. And uh, until you mentioned oh, self-care and yourself, I was like, Ooh, I forgot to put myself on that list. So. Yeah. I mean, it's a common thing, right? And it's not exclusive to clinicians by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I think we all have a tendency to, you know, put aside our own needs, but recognizing that we have to put ourselves on the list of people to take care of, um, or we won't be around to take care of them, whether that's physically or whether it's just mentally and emotionally. I mean, I have to be present in order to be there for the people that I care about. And I think it's very hard in particular for clinicians to say, I need to put myself high on that priority list. Um, It's just a, it's not intuitive and it's, um, it feels selfish. And I think giving people permission and saying it's not selfish at all. In fact, it's actually really um, selfless. Necessary. Yeah. Because you can't be there for your family and anybody else if you've got nothing to give. Now, one of the things I always admired that you were doing, Robin, is uh, you'd head off to uh, the Smoky Mountains in Tennessee and spend a week in a remote cabin. Yeah. And I still do that, although it's, um, and interestingly enough, the pandemic allowed me to go there a little more frequently because everybody worked remotely and I wasn't doing any traveling. And I still spend a lot of time in the mountains and in that beauty. I just now prioritize that and recognize that, that that is not just something I do. That is part of my care plan. And then the other thing that I loved is you'd sneak off to Italy and learn to cook. (laughs) Well, um, anytime I can get to Italy is uh, a good time for me. So yes, uh, I very much enjoy that. And truthfully to sort of bring that back, you know, cooking and spending time in the kitchen is really a very mindful, almost meditative practice for me. And that is, um, that is what I consider play and I can get lost in the kitchen all day on a weekend and love every second of it. We've got uh, less than two minutes left. And before I let you go, what do you say to folks who are listening, who may not be providers, who are just folks uh, about burnout and, and they need to be aware of? 
Yeah. I mean, everybody is um, at risk for burnout. And I think the things that we can do to help be more resilient or be more present is putting ourselves first. And that includes everybody, right? Take care of yourself, express gratitude. We didn't talk about that, but um, having a gratitude journal or expressing gratitude to those people or knowing, think, saying, I'm very, very grateful for the fact that I have such amazing friends um, and being very specific about that gratitude and um, acts of kindness are actually a really good way to help build resilience. Studies have shown that um, doing an act of kindness for someone else not only helps lift them, but it lifts the individual longer than the person who receives it. So saying thank you is a good thing. Saying thank you and I appreciate you are huge. And as you continue your journey uh, in the education field, in medicine, what's your next step for Robin? Yeah, so I am um, continuing to do more of the well-being and wellness um, workshops and even working on something uh, for non-clinicians. I continue to do the general education. And for myself, I'm taking a little more time off on a regular basis. And soon to be married. Well, I don't know about soon, but... Uh, Definitely in that right direction, but probably sooner rather than later. Well, we are so pleased you spent this time with us, Dr. Eikhoff, and uh, it's great to have you back. Audrey, you get the last word. Well, Robin, thank you so much, and it was a pleasure, and I truly appreciate you. Thank so you. So for Dr. Robin Eikhoff, for Dr. Robin Eikhoff and for Dr. Audrey Baria, we thank you so much for joining us today on Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron. We'll talk with you soon. Executive producers for Docs in a Pod are Dan Calderon and Leah Madrano. Our producer is Isaac Wilker, and associate producers are Natalie Ibarra and Maurice Hudson. Thank you for listening to Docs in a Pod, presented by WellMed. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And be sure and tune in next week for another edition of Docs in a Pod with Dr. Audrey Baria and Ron Aaron.